It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We've got to be having some conversations. We need to understand why we believe what we believe and have some conversations about that. So be sure to check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I will keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering you a conservatarian perspective. I just want to give a shout out to my great team, producer Steve, uh, Zach, um, Patty and Keith, I appreciate uh, working with all of you and, of course, everybody here at Crawford Broadcasting as well. A uh, big show planned for you today. We're going to be talking about um, the Mueller investigation in this first segment. Uh, after all of this time, the Mueller report has been uh, given to uh, the Attorney General. And uh, it is astounding that, that basically they say that there never was any there there. And, uh, in fact, um, there's just... Nothing there, Steve. Can you believe it? 675 days and $40 million later, here we are. And, you know, it, it's pushing into it this narrative. Well, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and do some of our other things first before we get into this conversation. Uh, tonight, uh, very excited about Vino and Veritas and Centennial. As many of you know, I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cranowitter and uh, Jen Hewlin over. Uh, she's the owner of Water's Edge Winery. And we're bringing you Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. We are doing a study of the Federalist Papers. And uh, I've gotten through Federalist 14. And my friends, the founders understood human nature. We've been where we, uh, we've been here before. Uh, But we have to arm ourselves, understand these ideas, and be able to engage in conversations. So Vino and Veritas in Centennial is tonight... It is sold out. However, we are starting Vino and Veritas in Castle Rock. That will be next Sunday evening. So if you are interested in uh, getting into this book club, uh, it is well worth your time. Uh, Dr. Cranowitter, robust um, discussions. It's just really awesome. And so if you are interested, go to americhicks.com forward slash Kim and uh, send me an email and we'll get you uh, on the list on this and we'll be back in in touch with you. And we are so grateful for our partners. In uh, January, it was um, Rafe Patton and his whole group uh, with uh, um, Harmony Ridge Construction and uh, just really appreciate them. February sponsor was uh, Susan Kojavar. She's the owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater, and she plans to open on April 5th with the movie Shazam. And then tonight, Heidi Ganahl and her Freed to Be Coalition, promoting free speech and diversity of thought, is our sponsor. So again, go to americhicks.com forward slash Kim, fill out the form, and uh, we'll get you some information about that. Uh, our inspiration for today, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, many of you may know, he was... Um, he was actually killed by Hitler. He was in a concentration camp. He was a pastor. He was, uh, he was also uh, aggressively fighting back on, uh, with Hitler. And his, um, his quote here today is, God does not give us everything we want, 
but he does fulfill his promises, leading us along the best and straightest paths to himself. And uh, I thought that that was just very, very touching. So I wanted to share that with you today. Uh, We are going to be talking about education in the second, third, and fourth segments. Uh, Chris Miller, Dr. Chris Miller, will be calling in from the East Coast. Uh, He has his Ph.D., and uh, we'll talk about higher education. And then Sandy Shaner, who is a former teacher and a former school board member, is going to be talking about K-12. through But, Steve, yesterday in church, I thought this was a great, great little story. Uh, My pastor was talking about generosity, and he mentioned a miser. And did you realize, Steve, that miser is the root word for miserable? I did not realize that. Anyway, an old miser said to his wife, Honey, when I die, I want you to bury all of my money with me. A few years later, the old man died. At his funeral service, it was an open casket. And before the casket was closed, the widow walked up to the casket and laid a wooden box on the chest of her miserly husband, and then they closed the casket. At the reception, her friends rushed up to ask her, and they said, did you really put all of your dead husband's money in his casket? She said, I certainly did. I wrote him a check. <laughs> I know you like that one. You are actually smiling a little bit. <laughs> That's good. Okay. So speaking of jokes, what about the Mueller investigation? Can you believe it, Steve? <laughs> I mean, my gosh. Basically, they said that there was no, con- no collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. Now, they did go on to say that they could not exonerate um, Trump uh, for obstruction of justice, although they also didn't see any obstruction of justice. And I'm wondering, how can you obstruct justice in something that didn't even happen? Well, they're calling it today the illusion of collusion, and it's, uh, you know, it is being lifted, thankfully. But... I don't know. Uh, this, uh, the Dems, uh, the Democrat side of the machine or side of the House, they're very well organized. And yeah, it, it just I, I saw something that Cory Booker said yesterday, and just this morning here's Kamala Harris saying the exact same thing. So they're they're getting their marching orders from you know somewhere up upline, but you know both of them said this. A short letter from Trump's handpicked Attorney General is not sufficient. There will be more. Basically, well, I, you know, what I think needs to happen is, as I was doing the research on this, I really, I looked for the text of the Mueller report, and it is still secret. I think that the whole thing should be released. You know, instead of all this smoke and mirrors, I think the whole thing should be released, and um, and certainly, uh, Attorney General Barr did, you know, immediately got something out. He said it's it's important that. Uh, He says, I believe that it's in the public interest to describe the report and to summarize the principal conclusions reached by the special counsel and the results of his investigation. But, Steve, I thought what was really interesting is what's not in there. Basically, what they've said is that they do not find that Donald Trump or anybody associated with his campaign colluded with the Russians. But I'm wondering if, by chance, Mueller has has uncovered some other information about who really did collude with the Russians. And he was getting so close on that, that that is why he finally issued this report. Because uh, I really do think that, um, that Hillary Clinton was very involved with the Russians. We remember the Uranium One deal where uh, some of her donors actually got a deal where they had access to um, uh, the United States uranium. It went through a, uh, Canadian company, and which actually sold rights to America's some of America's uranium to the Russians, 
And uh, so I just wonder if maybe Mueller was getting really close on that kind of stuff, because I think this is so carefully worded, worded that they found no collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. So I, I would encourage all of you to actually go read the full text. It's about five pages of uh, Attorney General uh, Barr's um, conclusions here. And then I do hope that we actually see the real deal. Yep. And a couple of the things that I've been listening to all morning here since I've been in, uh, one of them that kind of makes me laugh is Lindsey Graham, of all people, sends a very cryptic text to uh, James Comey. It just says, see you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, uh, the thing that concerns me, I, I flew back on Saturday. I was on an airplane And as I talk about conversations, we really do indeed need to have conversations. And I sat next to a woman. She's a teacher, and she was uh, headed to Mexico for spring break. And I had my Federalist Papers with me because I had homework because Vito Veritas is tonight. And she said, that's so interesting that you're reading the Federalist Papers. And I explained what we were doing, and she said, wow. And uh, we ended up talking about Trump. And she said, I think he is certifiably crazy. And I said, you know, I know there's that narrative out there, but I actually, I I like him. I said, he wasn't my first guy, but as I see what he's done for the American people, I really think he has a heart for the American people, no matter what your descriptor is, man, woman, black, white, gay, straight, Hispanic, whatever. I really think he cares about everyday, hardworking American people. And I said, before the Democrat Congress um, won, won the House or, or took the House this last election, we were looking at 4% GDP growth. And uh, that actually raises everybody. If this economy really gets going, then everybody's going to do well. And so I think that there's this narrative out there uh, against Trump. And, of course, the Mueller report had not been issued yet, uh, stating that there was no there there. But the other thing is, is I was uh, oh at a... Oh, um, a salon. I was getting my nails done, and they had CNN on, and this was on last Thursday. And it was unbelievable the way that they just continued to hammer and hammer and hammer Trump. And if people are only watching CNN, then they are going to think that, that Trump is crazy, because that's the narrative out there, Steve. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. I, I guess I didn't see it, and there's a certain female host on MSNBC. I'm not even going to say her name. But uh, I guess she was observed on the verge of tears Saturday or maybe late Friday uh, because of this. That, you know, okay, you know, my president was not involved in collusion. And, boy, I'm upset to the point where I'm in, almost in tears on the air. It's like, what kind of dra- dramatic, you know, or drama is, is this? And, again, how many people are absorbing it like sponges without really going into depth? And, you know, it's what we pound away at here almost daily is a deeper or a higher level of thinking well and you have to understand you need to make sure that you're informed that's why i would really encourage all of you to go out and uh, read the full text of the Mueller report uh the summary by u.s attorney general um, Barr, uh, because that way you can actually have a conversation with people about this instead of just regurgitating all of these talking points that we just hear all the time my friends we need to take the time to actually be informed on all this. You know, pre, uh, KLZ listeners listening in the last hour heard uh, on the Angie and Mike show an uh, interview with John Labutlier. And John, 
you know, he goes on the record. He's not so much of a Trump fan, but he was making some intelligent comments about what next. And one of the things is maybe, you know, with all the baloney, uh, that's not the right way to say that, all the stuff that uh, Trump was stirring up over the weekend, it's like maybe that is not the best direction. Just let the dust settle, you know, because the president is talking about perhaps it's time to start investigating the other side. Now, I think he's not talking about here forward. He's maybe looking back to the, the things you were talking about, like the uranium sale and, mm-hmm. and those types of things. But uh, Le Boutelier was just, you know, trying to make it a point. It's like, Mr. President, let's just let the dust settle here. Things are certainly seem to be going in the right direction. And maybe you need to focus on a couple other things that, you know, lead you to 2020 and uh, not so much of this constantly stirring things up again. Yeah, I, I actually talked with a good friend of mine about that as well last week uh, regarding the, the flap with McCain. And I'm not quite sure why that came up again. Uh, however, McCain was given that dossier. That is an excellent, excellent example of, of let's bring something, dredge something up again and just like what they call it, ripping a scab off of a wound. Yeah. And uh, I actually had another conversation, gone out to dinner on Saturday night and there um, was a couple that was sitting next to us and and we ended up talking and they, they were veterans or he was a veteran, their their daughter was a veteran. And they were visibly upset about the, the attack on McCain. And if you, if you know more about the story, if you really look at it, you know, there's reasons. Uh, certainly Donald Trump has reasons to um, be frustrated with, with John McCain. And I certainly respect McCain's service. However, uh, the fact that McCain was the deciding vote that put Obamacare into place, which I think was very detrimental for the country, McCain actually had received that fake dossier and had passed that on. Uh, those are a couple of things that I think really did hurt the country. But I'm not quite sure why we need to have that conversation, but I think we're going to find out. I think that we're going to find out. But uh, we need to be talking about education of our children. And so we're going to do that with Dr. Chris Miller in this next segment. And then we'll talk with Sandy Shaner, who is a former teacher and former school board member in the third and fourth segments. Before we do that, though, March Madness is underway. KU's out. So all my rock chalk Jayhawk, never mind. But Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters and the Nuggets are bringing it on. The Avs, they, they may have a playoff spot. And Major League Baseball starts very, very soon. So Hooters is a place to watch all the games. Wednesdays are wing days. You can have all the wings you want for $14.99, and their smoked wings are delectable. They're half the calories. So did you know that you can have Hooters wings delivered right to your front door when the girls come over on Wednesday nights? I order Hooters new smoked wings, and the girls love them. So order your Hooters wings to go. Stop by to watch the game at Hooters or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com, and let them know that you know the Americhicks. And we will be right back with Dr. Chris Miller. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 
303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We're going to be talking about education. have on the line with us Dr. Chris Miller, and uh, he is an expert on education. He has his Ph.D., and he's been really watching and concerned about what is going on in higher education. So, Dr. Miller, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Kim. And uh, you have, um, you've been really concerned about what has been going on in higher education, what's being taught, and what's not being taught. Tell us a little bit about that, Chris. Well, I feel that what's being taught in the um, in education in higher education is the uh, deconstruction of uh, people's beliefs and their belief system in such a way that it leaves them with a really uh, a vacuous situation. Now, t- explain the word vacuous. Well, I I think that what happens is, uh, well, frankly, it's a void. It's, it's there's nothing there. They're, they're um, taken down to to the bottom level of what they could believe, and um, and then basically fed uh, liberal ideas. You know, Chris, what I find really uh, of concern, I mean, the the founders, of America was founded on this idea of an educated, informed electorate. And I think that, I think that we think that we are informed as a society. We think that we're educated. But as and I'm concerned like you are, is there seems to be, you know, no foundation <clears throat> on uh, what, you know, like we used to have. And that's really, um, it's kind of scary. We think that we're educating our kids, but in essence, I think that we're sending them back. They're taking on a lot of debt or we're spending a lot of money and they're getting out. And I'm not sure that they have an understanding of, of uh, you know, foundational ideas, purpose. And those were things that were instrumental to education for many, many years. Yes, that's true. And, you know, one of the uh, issues is exactly what you're talking about, but what they're being taught is uh, issues around an ideology and an agenda that uh, promotes um, what is supposed to be justice. Right, and social justice versus the justice of impartiality, the justice that America was founded on, uh, because justice is supposed to be blind, but they've taken words and then they've wrapped them up in a, a nice little package and, and changed it to, I think, really um, confuse kids. I think it really has confused people for many years. Yes, it has. As a matter of fact, um, I was listening to uh, uh, Jordan Peterson, and he 
talks about the uh, pseudo-moralistic stances of these people. They um, assume that they're making a moral statement, and um, actually they're talking about social justice that doesn't consider equality um, or freedom of thought. Well, and Jordan Peterson, as many people may know, he is a professor as well, and he's been uh, really kind of at the forefront talking about, um, you know, big ideas, if you will. And I think I just saw over the weekend, he had been invited to be a visiting fellow at Cambridge. And uh, I think that there was a, a, a you know, a, a kind of a furor, if you will, from other faculty. And I think that that fellowship was rescinded. And Chris, I thought that higher education was a place that, that people could kick the tires on different ideas. Uh, but instead, what has happened is uh, the, the foundational ideas of, you know, Western um, philosophy have been pushed out. And there's not even an opportunity for kids to hear this. And the, the thing that I think is important, Chris, if kids hear the truth, if kids are actually able to kick the tires on these ideas, I think that they they actually you know, will gravitate towards these foundational ideas of freedom, the American idea and all. And so that's why I think that our kids are not being taught these things. Yes, I agree with that. Um, there's lack, there seems to be a lack of resources. Um, uh, we, we can't think for ourselves. We're outspoken by um, a majority in the academy. Um, and we, we, uh, we can't speak our mind on freedom and and what real justice is. Okay. Now, just so we're, we have maybe about five more minutes here, Chris. Tell, tell me a little bit about your journey. And you have a blog where you are bringing forth this information. Where can people get, um, get your blog? Where's that at? Um, well, it is at CRISPR Christian um, Okay, that's CRISPR. Okay. okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's C-H-R-I-S-P-E-R, Christian, all one word, dot blogspot.com. Okay, and you, are, you have a real heart for bringing forth this information and, and talking to parents about what is happening on the, on the uh, college campuses, right? Yes. Okay, and... Uh, I think there are two. I think there are two things that happen to these to these uh, people when they go into college. Is that there's uh, deconstruction, which is a, a method of uh, critical analysis where um, philosophical ideas and um, language and concepts and assumptions are basically taken down, and then there's uh, relativism where. Um, doctrines of truth and knowledge and morality um, are considered to exist um, <clears throat> independent, I mean, uh, dependent on the culture in which a person is is reared in, and, um, you know, that there is no absolute truth or absolute um, of any kind. So, Chris, what can parents do about this? Well, I think the biggest thing that they could do is is to become educated as their children are educated, um, to be uh, watchful of uh, agendas, to be watchful of um, the, the ways in which their children's uh, faith or uh, beliefs, morality are, are um, being affected by the academy. 
Well, and speaking of faith, I also think that many of the mainline churches uh, have have moved away from from teaching foundational, you know, gospel beliefs to social justice as well. And uh, I know that a lot of people step back and they say, well, I'm just going to, you know, put the information out there and let my kids make their decisions. But uh, I don't think that really works. I think that we need to make sure that we're, we're along with our kids, searching for truth and, and bringing that forward and giving them a foundation. Because if they don't have a foundation on those ideas when they go to college, uh, I think it's really, really difficult for them to get out of college um, understanding foundational beliefs i i think that i think that it needs to be a continual conversation all the way from when they're born to um <clears throat> actually i think the conversations need to go on a whole life yes you know there there is the uh position among many academics that christianity is um is bad evil terrible um has done so much injustice um when in fact it's been the most stabilizing force in uh, in, in Western culture. Right, and I understand exactly what you're saying regarding, and this has been going on for many, many years in the academy of, of kids going to, to colleges and their foundational beliefs are being deconstructed. And then, um, as you mentioned, there's, there's, a, there's a void and there's not this idea of, of both sides. You're not getting all the different ideas. And um, so I think that people really should take a look at your, um, your blog, and that is at crisperchristian.blogspot.com. Is that right? One more time. What is that exactly? Yes, it's crisper, C-H-R-I-S-P-E-R, Christian, all one word, dot blogspot.com. And there's also a link there or a way to get to um, my other website, which is more accessible to people who are not familiar with academic language. Okay. Well, that's just awesome. So, uh, Dr. Chris Miller, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll have you back. All right. Thank you very much, Kim. Okay, Good great. To be here. Thank you. And Jason McBride, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm doing good, Kim. Welcome back. Yeah, it is good to be here, for sure. Uh, but the, the market wasn't very happy on Friday, was it? Uh, it took quite a beating. Were there any warning signs? You know, I think, Kim, there have been some warning signs. Uh, we've had several what are called distribution days in the market over the last few weeks. And sometimes when you see that, it can give you a little bit of an early uh, caution signal or an early early warning signal that something might be coming. Okay. Now, I'm not familiar with a distribution day. Distribution day. What is that exactly? Well, it's sure a mouthful when you try to say it more than <laughs> once. That's uh, for sure. But... There's a few nuances to it, Kim, but a distribution day is basically a day when one or more of the major market indexes, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, or the New York Exchange composite, is down two-tenths of a percent or more on heavier volume than the previous trading day. Okay, so trading volume, that is something that's really important to watch, huh? Well, I think it is, because the increases in the volume show you what the big boys are doing, and they're the ones that, that control the, the market, uh, your pension funds, 
mutual funds, your big, huge institutional investors, when they make a move, whether it's buying or selling, the one way to figure it out is to watch the volume because it shows up in the trading volume. It's like kind of like a tell someone would have in a poker game. Now, when you get one of these distribution days just here or there, it's not a big deal. But when you start to see several of them kind of cluster together or occur over a short period of time, which I usually like to watch about a five-week rolling period, Kim, then I think it's a tip-off that the big boys are selling and they're not buying. So, Jason, do these only happen when the market is falling? Well, they don't. And... uh That is actually the beauty of it. A lot of times, these distribution days start to happen, Kim, when the market's either still moving up or maybe it's just going sideways. And I've always kind of thought of it like when you catch a cold or you catch the flu, you know, you pick up the germs, you know, a few days or even a week or whatever it is ahead of time. And it takes a while before you start coughing or getting a runny nose or showing symptoms. So I think if you watch for these distribution days, it's kind of like being able to see the germs entering the stock market and it maybe you could be aware that something's off kilter before the market really starts dropping and getting in trouble okay so jason what actions can people take once they start to see this happening should they sell everything (laughs) boy it'd sure be nice to have a surefire way to know if the markets were going to plunge every time and i will say every single big correction every single bear market we've ever had has been preceded by these distribution days, but they don't always uh, result in a great big plunge. So sometimes the market will shake it off and it's okay. Uh, It might show some minor weakness, but I think a few things people could do that would be prudent if you've seen some of these build up. Uh, One would be be very careful about making any new buys. Uh, And then here's another kind of process I think is smart, is sell some or all of like one of your stocks or a position that that is shot straight up, something that you've got big gains on, take some of the gains, but then you have to work the other end too, Kim. You have to sell some of something that's either weak or has gone down. Uh, If you only take your gains and none of your losers, pretty soon you'll have a portfolio that's just full of losers, Right. right? So I think working kind of both ends towards the middle a little at a time is a smart way to do it. And if you just watch real close once this starts happening and repeat that, if the market is continuing to act weak, then just kind of by default, you're going to force yourself into some cash pretty darn quickly. And then if the market does, uh, you know, indeed take a great big plunge, at least you'd have moved a chunk of your money out of the way in the early stages, right? Right. Okay. Well, that, that seems to make a lot of sense. So now if people want more information, they can give you guys a call over at presidential, guys and gals, I should say, over at Presidential Wealth Management. That number is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. And then uh, we have a landing page together. It is chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And uh, I know that uh, if folks would like to have another set of eyes on their nest eggs, you would be happy to take a look at that. I 
certainly would. And uh, with times like these where things are weird, sometimes that's the best time to get some perspective and think about strategies as to what uh, you can do just in case we do get a big drop. You don't want to give back a lot of the big gains you've hopefully made over the last few years. Uh, It's kind of like taxes. Making it doesn't help if you don't take it home. (laughs) That's for sure. Hey, Jason McBride, you have a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow. All right, Kim. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're talking about education, the education of our children. We have a responsibility. You know, we we put um, bike helmets on our kids because we want to keep them safe when they're riding bikes. But what about what we're putting in their heads? We need to talk about that. So Sandy Shaner, she's a former teacher and a former school board member, has a perspective that you will not want to miss. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation offering you a conservatarian perspective we have on the line with us, Sandy Shaner. Uh, Sandy, welcome. Well, good morning, Kim. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you here. And Sandy, uh, we're going to talk about education and you know a lot about that. You're a former teacher, and you were on the school board uh, currently, or you're just a former school board member, right? Yes, I just completed eight years serving on the school board as of December. Okay, so you have a, you've had a front row seat on what is going on with our kids. Uh, so what yes. do you see in education today? Well, it you know, education has always been... Uh, very important in our country. Uh, our, our population, our people view it as highly valued, so it's always a topic of discussion. Um, there is so much uh, going on in education right now. Technology, of course, is, is, a, is a new world, and our kids, it is their world. It wasn't ours, but it is their world, and it will continue. And so we need to keep uh, trying to find the right balance between technology and not using technology in education. Well, you know, Sandy, I'm concerned that if the electricity goes out, that mm-hmm. our kids may not be able to to do things. And uh, in fact, I um, 
I flew back from Wyoming on Saturday and sat next to a teacher uh, who we talked about education and I, I gathered some frustration from her as an educator. She said that, you know, that we we don't really get to have the creativity uh, that I think used to that teachers used to be able to have. She says we have a textbook, we uh, you know we have computers, and we basically have to to kind of teach within that particular uh, box, if you will. And it's taken away a lot of the creativity that that was so wonderful about the American education system. And I commented that I I see younger people with horrible penmanship. And I think that we're not teaching penmanship. I, I don't think that, that, you know, kids are learning cursive. I don't think they're learning their multiplication tables. And granted, you have a computer that can do a lot of that now. But if we don't have those tools, if the electricity goes out, how will we communicate with each other? Well, I, that's, a, that's a very good question and a very good concern. Um, I, I'd like people to know, that, that listeners to know, that I have worked on uh, state standards board uh, accreditation teams. Um, I worked on a reading assessment team for the University of Houston and developed an innovative, gifted, and talented program. And during all those times, we really didn't have the technology anywhere close to what we have now. So I do think that with that, with the access to all of the information at your fingertips, it does take away um, a, a need to be creative because you can just hit tap something and it will appear in front of you. Um, but that's where we have to come in with always trying to find the right balance. Um, UCLA had a study recently where they they came out with that students learn better if they hand wrote their notes in a lecture instead of typing them on a computer. There's uh, at least there's other schools, but there is a Waldorf school. There was a special on television about it. It's in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and they don't have any technology at all. And their parents are all Silicon Valley uh, tech people. And yet they're using a blackboard and don't allow cell phones or computers in there. Um, We should teach our kids uh, computer science in the sense that they, so that they can comprehend, understand just what is all of this, so that they aren't intimidated by it. Um, And but even with that, you can learn computer science. You can learn coding without a computer. There are other ways of doing it with blocks and Legos, with knitting. two stitches, the binary code, zero, one, and it's, you don't need to have kids in front of a screen, and I I don't think it's a good idea, so, all the time. Well, and I I don't either. Now, I I probably was asleep at the wheel a bit, because as my kids were growing up, you know, technology was just really starting to to take hold, and, and I thought, you know, this is the future, we need to make sure that you know, I let the kids, you know, play on, you know, video games and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that's okay, but but I, I didn't realize where it would morph to where we are in society now. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned I, I flew back on Saturday, and the airport was full of families because it's spring break, and there were kids everywhere. And, you know, everybody's excited. You could see that. I mean, it was so cute. You know, little kids had their little rollies. Little girls had those pink rollies, and it was just so darling. Yeah. However... <laughs> 
so many kids had screens in front of them. And um, I, I really am concerned about that as a society. And this Waldorf school that you just mentioned, I did some research on that as well. It is a school, as you mentioned, in Silicon Valley. And many of the top echelon of uh, the um, tech companies out there are sending their kids to this school where they write with pens and pencils or and on paper, uh, chalkboards. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that we... I think we need to, to to move back to that in public education. Well, yes, and uh, I think that there's been a lot of movement. Well, when the Common Core movement came out, a lot of this putting the cart before the horse problem is what I think uh, really occurred. The, um, the kids need to build their skills, their foundational skills, before, and they need to do that you know, age appropriately, first grade, second grade, the way we all did. And if you just take that away and just have them tap a screen, of course that isn't going to be helpful. And you're right. And if the power goes out, will they know what to do? Well, I don't really think we are to that extreme. Um, We are trying to address the needs of every student. And I will say that what separates America from the rest of the world is that we emphasize the needs of every student. Um, other countries, I, I, I mean, I can't, I, they don't do that because when they give out their data, um, they are not including every single kid. We include every single kid from the highest achievement ability to the lowest challenge. And uh, a lot of kids in other countries don't even go to school. Um, they are either not allowed to go to school or they're too remote. They can't get to school. So they're not even included in the numbers. So, so when the numbers come out on our country, and some, so you, you've included every ability in there, that's going to change the achievement and the performance level. And that scares people, and it's, it's, it's wrong the way it's put out, really. Well, that's, um, that, that's a good point. You know, Sandy, let's go to break. When we come back, um, let's talk more about education. Um, you have been doing some substituting. Uh, what are you, you know, let's talk about what you're seeing in the classroom these days. So this is Kim Munson. We're talking with Sandy Shaner. She is a former school board member, and uh, we're talking about education of our kids. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Uh, We are talking with Sandy Shaner. She is a former teacher. She's been on the school board for eight years, just uh, got off after eight years of service. Thank you, by the way. Uh, that is, I think, I think that's one of the toughest jobs to have is to be on a school board. So thank you, uh, Sandy. Um, 
but you've been in the, the classroom. You're doing some substitute teaching. What yes. are you seeing in the classroom? Well, uh, I'm seeing great things, but, but what I noticed, uh, I think what I talked to you about, was that the young people are trying to process so much of the messages they're hearing on television that was and, and in the movies and, and on social media and in pop culture. There's a lot of uh, conflicting uh, messages out there. There's a lot of uh, sexualized messages that for kids that are just too immature. Uh, I just think just about for anybody, really. But they're, they're trying to process it, is, process it all is what I'm viewing, and, uh, and it, it makes me feel sad for them that they have to deal with it, and they will. It's their, it's their world, and... Um, I hope that we can help them manage it. You know, you mentioned something there now. Here in Colorado, uh, we are having quite a time down at the state legislature. And there is a piece of legislation, it's House Bill 1032, regarding a sex education curriculum uh, for our public schools. And I've read the whole bill, and it's concerning to me because, first of all, we are just seeing such a hypersexualization of our kids. When I was in kindergarten, we were just trying to figure out how to stand in line, learn our ABCs, and, you know, keep our hands to ourselves. I mean, we, we just, you know, we were just little kids. And I don't think that that's that different today either. However, uh, we're, we've got a society that is just, um, you know, pushing... Really, I think the more hedonistic component of of uh, humankind versus the striving for high ideals, looking for purpose, uh, and um, what yes. this ten thirty two is actually doing is it's putting forth a a curriculum where you cannot talk about uh, foundational precepts of Christianity or religion, but yet it's pushing forward the religion of. I call it the LGBTQ religion. I'm Sandy. I'm really a live and let live person. I, I mean, what people do is, is their business. <laughs> know. You know, I got my own mm-hmm. stuff that I'm working on. So it's not for me, you know, to be over in somebody else's, you know, um, mm-hmm. what they're doing. However, we're way past live and let live now. We are now to a point of pushing forward and agendas on our kids. And I was talking to uh, somebody this last week that. They were talking to a family member, sending their child to a uh, Catholic school, and I think they're in junior high right now, or maybe um, maybe freshmen. And there is a, tr- uh, a significant number of kids that think that they are transgender. And I submit to you that that is because this agenda has been being pushed on kids uh, instead of, you know, the basics of, like, you know, what education used to be, reading, writing, arithmetic, learning Western culture, all that kind of stuff. And I'm really concerned about it, Sandy. Well, and, and it is concerning, very concerning, and it's very alarming. Um, I, it just goes so far back. I remember, it just when you were saying this, I remembered watching a psychologist speak on television, and this had to be uh, 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago, and she said that, she really wanted to see boys and girls more comfortable with each other discussing sexual topics. And because 
as you said, well, you know, when we were growing up, you didn't do it, period. But if there was anything, it was done separately. And uh, I don't, I agree, I agree that it should be separate. I don't think that we should be encouraging uh, young people to talk about these things at such a young age when they really don't know what they're talking about. They can't comprehend it. And it's just too early. It's just too soon. But, you know, they're, they're seeing so much of that kind of activity in the movies and on television. They're just inundated with it. Mm-hmm. They can practically can't, see, can't watch one movie without a scene like that, a graphic scene sometimes. And, uh, oh, I, I don't know what to say well, about it. I really don't. Well, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. And yes. uh, they need to be able to, to run and to play, and they need to just be able to be kids instead of this this agenda, which you mentioned is just constant. Um, I'm encouraged, though. I mean, I love to hang yeah. around young people. And if they are given the, you know, actually, if they are given options on the ideas instead of just this one curriculum, uh mm-hmm. Kids, I think they gravitate towards the truth. So I think that's why we've seen such a pushdown of, uh, of you know, um, no longer teaching Western civilization, no longer teaching American government. World War II, we're hardly seeing anything, in my understanding, is in history books. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I do my World War II project, interviewing all these Which World is War great, II veterans. By the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I do one on do one on the Cold War and the Cuban Missile Crisis too. While you're at it, <laughs> okay, we'll we'll get on that um, because we our kids need to understand the history. They need to understand the sacrifices and the greatness of the yes. American idea. And so, Sandy, what can we do about this? Because Many school boards have been taken over by radical progressive activists instead of community members that are representatives of the community. And I think a lot of people don't even realize that. Well, I know, and you want some solid solutions. You want some some solid suggestions. Well, one thing that we started here in our district when I was on the board, uh, we have, uh, by statute, whenever a district uh, department requests new textbooks, those books have to be put on out for public review for 45 days. Well, in the past, they were only in administrative offices, and so people didn't ever go and look at them. So now we have asked to put them in the county library here, and they were very receptive to it and made us an area for us. So every time textbooks are, are requested, we put a selection of several several different publishers out for review, and there are forms there for parents to write comments, and that they can use those comments to choose what what the parents would prefer or hope for or whatever they're saying about the book to help them choose the right textbook. That would be an action you could take. Um, another thing I had mentioned to you about books that are weeded out of libraries, they're, they're always pulling books off of shelves for various reasons. Some of them are good reasons, whether they're torn and pages missing but there are other reasons that are very subjective and that uh, I probably might not agree with on most cases under the crew criteria c-r-e-w criteria and when we I went and looked at almost a thousand books that were weeded in our district and found many many books that were very very nice books Uh, and so what I found out was that in our new charter school 
uh, in our, they didn't have a library. And I asked them if they would be interested in these books, and they were very happy about it. And over the summer, their uh, maintenance man is also a carpenter. He built shelves for them, and they created a library. And so by September, they were in business. The kids were checking out books. Um, so let's, let's look at the books. Let's keep them in alive. Let's recycle them. Let's make sure kids are, are still getting access to that information. For example, one reason a book was pulled, say, it was because it was about a country that didn't exist anymore, Czechoslovakia. Well, we want kids to know that Czechoslovakia did exist and that why is it now the Czech Republic and Slovakia? They need to know these things. So, so that would be another thing, and maybe parents could, um, could help that, you know, initiate a program like that. Well, and, and we only have a couple of minutes, Sandy, but the other thing is so many things that are being done on uh, iPads and on computers, parents mm-hmm. have no idea what that curriculum is. And uh, I think that parents need to be very vigilant uh, with that kind of stuff as well. Yes, you're absolutely right. Teacher, parents are the first teachers, and they need to be engaged, and they need to be vigilant. You're absolutely right. And raising kids does take a lot of energy, <laughs> <It does. laughs> but you need to be yes. engaged. Parents need to be it's engaged. It's the most important job you have if you are a parent, if you have kids. That is the, your most important job is doing the best for those kids. And uh, as I was doing the promotion for this, uh, I decided to push back. Re- remember when Hillary Clinton said that it takes a village to raise a child, I yes. t- I totally disagree with that. You know, I I, I uh, depends on uh, the village. <laughs> well, it depends on the village. It's whose kids are they? It's not the village's kids. They're our children, and uh, so we as a community certainly want to make sure that we are providing a good education for our our children, and um, we need to be very vigilant as parents as aunts, uncles, grandparents, we need to be really vigilant. So your final thoughts, Sandy Shaner, and we're going to have you back. Well, I'm, I'm, thank you so much again. But final thought is uh, try, to, um, try to be engaged, uh, try to be engaged more, uh, take the tunnel vision away. Uh, the, there's really just a couple of topics that we constantly hear on the news and subjects and we need to broaden that. And as far as when we look at our history in our country, I'm concerned about that. I want everyone to realize what it took to have the, the American Revolution. What did that really take? What did the people sacrifice to do that? It's like you said, the amount of sacrifice that's been done for the freedoms that we enjoy and, and that we take for granted here. Uh, there are plenty of Republicans and Democrats in Arlington Cemetery that served in our military, that gave their lives, everyone. And uh, it can't be forgotten. Well, that's for sure. So, Sandy Shaner, thank you so much. Uh, um, I, we'll continue to have these education talks. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, so we're, well, just about, you. we're just about out of time. James Madison said, The advancement and diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, Listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, 
and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. So this is the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson wishing you just a terrific Monday. God bless you, and God bless America.